0: This is Healthcare Strategies. Hello, and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. My name is Kelsey Waddill, and I am the Senior Editor of Healthpayer Intelligence and Multimedia Manager for Extelligent Healthcare Media. Payers have always been experimenting with new ways to deliver healthcare through technology, The culmination of these efforts in 2021 has arguably been the advent of the Virtual First Health Plan. The Virtual First Health Plan model shows a lot of promise, but like any new approach, it may also present some challenges to payers, providers, and consumers. And that is what we are here to discuss today. Dr. Donna O'Shea, National Chief Medical Officer and Vice President of Population Health and Value- Based Care at United Healthcare, has been working at United Healthcare for 10 years and has a medical background in endocrinology. She recently helped United Healthcare kick off its virtual first health plan called Navigate Now. She is joining us today to talk about what these plans are and how payers are utilizing them to simplify care and lower costs. Dr. O'Shea, thank you so much for coming on to Healthcare Strategies today. Thank you, Kelsey, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Before we get too deep into this conversation, I think it's always important to define our terms. And especially in this case, there is a good amount of differentiation between how different entities choose to define a virtual first health plan. So how would you define a virtual first health plan?
1: Well, I think... You're right, there's a lot of terminology challenges in the virtual visit space. And so when we talk about virtual first, we're talking about that primary care virtual experience, which is different than what other people might know as when virtual visits started with their doc, it was about urgent care. I had a sore throat, I I have a rash. Virtual first is really about having a primary care person to say, I need someone to help me through my um, healthcare experience. I have high blood pressure or I have, you know, a chronic condition, or I just want to check in every year. How's my weight? How am I doing? What am I worried about? And so that virtual first visit is that program that allows that relationship to occur
0: virtually instead of in person. Excellent. Now, getting kind of into the meat of this, there has been a lot of discussion about the benefits that these health plans, these virtual first health plans, can present for consumers. But I was curious what you perceive as the potential benefits of a virtual first health plan on the payer end from the payer perspective. Well,
1: I think, you know, from the payer perspective, we want to provide healthcare services that are accessible and high quality for our members, really. That, that's really the first premise. And, and we need, as a payer, we need to make sure that we're providing services that are affordable for employers to purchase. And so we've learned, you know, especially with the pandemic, that patients need to be able to access services at different times and it has to fit into their life. And so we want to make sure that we're providing that opportunity to the patient, but also identifying and linking it to ways that can reduce unnecessary healthcare spend. It's actually a specific Navigate Now product because it takes putting all the pieces together to reduce costs. Overall, virtual visits can reduce costs because there's obviously less overhead and in conjunction with a primary care quarterback for each patient, each member, we believe we can lower the premium by 15% than a traditional benefit plans through this increased engagement of the patient and with a provider, as well as connected to virtual services and ensuring um, the appropriate referrals are with high quality providers.
0: We talked about reducing premiums by 15 percent, and I just wanted to sort of dig in a little deeper on that and see, you know, where are the cost savings in this kind of plan and how can payers maximize that?
1: Yeah. So Navigate Now really is, as I said, related to having that primary care relationship and quarterback. So that alone, we know if you look at people who have primary care providers, that alone reduces total cost of care. And how does that do that? We know it, you know, primarily will reduce unneeded emergency room visits, right? Increased adoption of the primary care, wellness, cancer screenings, vaccinations, all of that helps keep a person well. And in that relationship, when you need a specialist, particularly in Navigate Now, we Because of all the data United Healthcare has, we know which providers can offer the high quality service with efficient cost savings. And so we can make the appropriate directions to um, reduce unnecessary care. And then the other piece is having a primary care practice available 24/7 really allows that on demand care also and so in navigate now there is virtual urgent care again connected to your medical record and there's unlimited chat function and then you can also just do online scheduling so so all of those things keeps a person engaged in their healthcare which help drive down costs the other thing is we offer you know from the member perspective there's a zero dollar copay for the virtual and in-person primary care and behavioral health visits. You know, these copays can prevent people from getting services when early on in any disease state because, oh, do I want to spend the money? Do I, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. And so the zero dollar copay for the visits and the urgent care. And the fact that uh, most generic medications are going to also be 0 dollar copay. So it helps people get on medicines and stay on medicines. There's no one magic bullet that's bringing down the cost. It really is that full package of offering cost-effective services from the patient perspective, and then also from the provider perspective, making sure that we're connected to the most cost-efficient Place to get a lab to get X-rays. Who is the high-quality specialist in this market? And so those pieces can help people keep their health sort of under control and stay out of urgent care, stay out of emergency rooms, and hopefully stay out of the inpatient. And right there, you know, and that and that's
0: really where the cost savings um, comes from. Makes sense. Thank you. And I want to. Transition for a brief moment here to kind of the technological aspect, because obviously that is key to the virtual first health plan. I know that virtual first health plans can really rely on apps, and that's not necessarily new in the payer space to utilize apps in order to facilitate care. But I was curious how the app as a tool functions in the larger scheme of the virtual first health plan. Could you kind of elaborate on that?
1: Oh yeah, because obviously if we're talking about virtual healthcare, we need to make sure that all the technology works and that it's simple for any patient to pick up. And so we've really incorporated it into our my UHC portal. So a a Navigate Now member can go into the um, portal and go right to make an an appointment, schedule an appointment. It's available 24-7, maybe it's urgent. so that's the sort of foray into it but behind the scenes all of those things are linked you know the virtual is linked to the in person is linked to the sort of data warehouse that can identify oh we need a cardiologist in this location and and all of that is all linked behind to make it really easy for the provider to serve the Patient. But the other piece is that we want to make sure that the patients, especially because we're talking about wellness too, right? How do we keep the premium down? Well, we engage the patient and our member in different activities. So, for example, a Navigate Now member can also connect to a United Healthcare Motion app that can be connected to a wearable device that can help the patient earn more than $1,000 a year by meeting certain daily activity targets including things like walking or cycling or swimming. And it's linked to some of the world's largest digital device makers. So the patient can connect their whatever device they have. And then in the future, not too distant future, we we can also think about people with certain conditions. And because we know that there's a lot of monitoring tools available for diabetes, for heart disease. And part of this, the big ecosystem will be how do we connect all of those devices too into this, which we have are able to do in many cases now, but you know we, we need to continue to expand that so that that kind of information can be available right within the provider records.
0: That makes a lot of sense, and it's it's funny because it really does echo the value based care kind of aims of driving people towards preventive care and and reducing the costs up front that will ultimately reduce costs towards the end, how do you foresee the virtual first health plan kind of interlocking with value-based care goals? Do you see that as more of what we've already been doing, or is this going to push us even further in that direction? So virtual care really, in my mind, is automatically part of a value-based
1: care system in that if you think about things like the online chat function or Zero out copay, twenty four seven access for urgent care. What that's doing, it's allowing the patient to recognize that I need to take care of this now, and and from the provider perspective, they're saying, "Oh, this is going to keep the patient from going to the urgent care later." And remember, in the fee for service model, things like online chat and emails, the doctor is not really getting paid to do that service, so that's time coming out of what could be an office visit, which is the only way they, in the fee-for-service world they were able to um, bill. And so this is the kind of thing that really can help promote more value-based care, whether it's um, virtual first, or even if you have a in-person primary care doctor um, in your neighborhood that you see, this is the type of experience that helps providers in value-based care. They need to offer this kind of low-cost intervention that really helps drive down costs and provides that experience to patients to keep them well and have access when they need it
0: instead of when it's too late and they really need to go to the emergency room. Definitely. That, that makes a lot of sense. And I bet it also, as you mentioned earlier, does help with the data side. Do you think that virtual first health plans will be helping with interoperability?
1: Oh, uh, that is a really excellent point in terms of particularly for Navigate Now and this connected technologies, because part of where we're also going is identifying problems before they become sort of big problems or identifying opportunities to intervene. And so when the data is connected like this, then we can use those algorithms to remind the doc, Hey, you know, John hasn't been in, it might be simple data, like he hasn't been in for his annual care visit, but it might be more complicated. Like John's last blood test was just slightly abnormal and it hasn't been repeated yet. So Maybe you want to call John and have him get some more blood work done. And and this can all be coming, you know, interactive with the provider and the right messages going so that doctors can proactively help patients recognize that, oh, this is a little bit funny and maybe we should follow up on this pre-diabetes. It's a little bit abnormal. Let's get you on. Let's put a wearable on you and help you keep track of whether it's calories or exercise or or whatever. So I, I do think that the technology piece, we shouldn't underestimate the incredible value of connected data and what it can do proactively to help keep patients healthy.
0: Anytime launching a new product, even if it is like sort of pulling from things that have been built in the past, can present some challenges. So I was curious if you could just illuminate some of the challenges that United Healthcare has faced in preparing to launch this type of plan. And what would you say to other organizations that are seeking to do the same? That's a really great question. You know, I think the challenges is, is really that we
1: want this to be as good as or better than in-person care, which when you think about it, is really challenging. And how can that be? And so what it means is that we have to make the connections, and we have to make it as easy as possible for the patient. So what that means is that we know that a patient is at times going to need to have an in-person visit. And we know that we have to make that transition easy and the communication easy. Because one of the challenges in today's healthcare system are all the silos and all the technology that is great in the healthcare system, but these technology records don't communicate with each other. And so when we thought about this space, this Navigate Now program, we said, you know what, it has to be Um, seamless. It has to be that the virtual person has to be able to refer to an in-person person and that all the records and all the communication continue to take place and that the referral process ensures that the patient gets to the high quality, low cost provider on the ground to get the services that they need at the right time and when they need it too. That's why we're in nine markets and that's why we're we're starting in very specific markets because we wanted to make sure that all of those connection points are in place so that the patient can experience this seamless transition whether it's to virtual to in-person or whether it's to physical medicine, to behavioral health medicine. We have to make sure that we're taking care of the whole patient and that the patient has an experience that recognizes that they're really in the center of care.
0: Looking to the future. Right now, this is the cutting edge to some extent, but you know healthcare professionals are always looking to adapt and improve, especially in the space of technology. So what would you say um, would be the next step for this type of model? Or what is the future for virtual care?
1: When we talk about virtual care, you know, first of all, I want to say that, you know, sometimes people think of these things as pilots, and we really don't see this as a pilot. This is really where we're going. And it's no different, really, when you think about sort of the regional connection points, right? So there's regional health systems that connect, you know, the primary care and the specialists and the radiology and behavioral health, and those can happen easily regionally. Today is different though, right, in that people don't stay in one place for a long time. I mean, I just moved halfway across the country and I have to restart everything and that's really complicated. And so what we're really thinking about in the future is how do we make it easy for people to have that really important primary care provider that can Take care of them, not just for this month, but really over a course of a lifetime and help them get the right connection points wherever they are. And given the space of United Healthcare, the national presence, you know, that's where we're looking to go, right? We're starting in certain markets to make sure everything works and connects. But in the future, we should be able to really expand and help make the connections beyond your neighborhood that's really where where we're going. This is maybe new frontier, but it's, it certainly is the
0: future. We're not going back, I don't think, anymore to the old system. Absolutely. Well, Dr. O'Shea, I always like to just wrap up with one final question. I think this has been a very comprehensive conversation, but is there anything that we didn't touch on that you think is important to highlight about this issue? Or is there anything that we did touch on, but you wanted to kind of add a little bit more to?
1: Well, this was a great conversation. One thing I will add is... That sometimes people think that these kind of virtual first navigate now, these virtual visits are really just for sort of the younger generation. But I want to tell you that our experience at United Healthcare, particularly with the pandemic, is that if we can make this technology and as we make this technology easy and accessible, this is really great for all ages. And particularly people with a busy lifestyle and, you know, busy at work. And, and so I just, I hope that your listeners recognize that we're not just talking to people who are 20 or 30 or, you know, that, that this is really for everybody.
0: Great. Well, it's going to be exciting to see where this model goes. And thank you so much, Dr. Ashay, for all of your thoughts and for your insights on this topic. Thank you for having me, Kelsey, and have a great day. Listeners, we'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Feel free to reach out to me at kwaddill at extelligentmedia.com. That's K-W-A-D-D-I-L-L at extelligentmedia.com to share your thoughts. You can also use that email to let us know if there are any health industry-related questions or stories you would like us to consider covering. And if you liked this episode and it sparked some thoughts for you, please head over to Apple and give us a few stars and a positive review. Thank you for listening. This has been an Extelligent Healthcare Media production.